Nichols, or Jay, as we call him, he likes to be called, is a marine biologist, water lover, turtle nerd, embarrassing dad, and creator of useful words. He is the originator of Blue Mind and wrote the New York Times bestselling book, Blue Mind, which we have signed copies of in our online store. <laughs> uh, he's also the co-founder and former board member of Sea Turtles, and you know, the whole concept of this project was originally Jay's idea, so we wanted to have a little chat with him about that and his background and, and what he's doing now. So how's it going, Jay? Good. If you, if you uh, don't know how to spell my name, I wrote it down for you right there. You go. <laughs> we'll send that, that out too, to make sure everybody's clear. <laughs> so you're a lifelong turtle nerd. <laughs> um, totally. How far back do, does your interest and in, in love for turtles of all kinds go? I think like a lot of like a lot of kids, I loved mucking around in the creeks and flipping rocks over, and probably in retrospect, uh, harassing wildlife a little bit because you know you're just curious and you're a kid and you're just you know grabbing insects and catching frogs and but I always loved turtles for some reason. I you know I just love their I love their shape. I love thinking about them and. We used to catch snapping turtles in the Chesapeake Bay as kids. And uh, when we caught them, we'd paint numbers on their shells and throw them back. And then sometimes you recapture a turtle and it had a number. And so I would do this, this simple math on trying to figure out how many basic algebra to try to figure out how many uh, turtles were in the Chesapeake Bay. And uh, I, I love math too. I love turtles and math. And um, that was like, it was play. It was, I, I dreamt about it. I had like turtle equations in my dreams. And um, the, the, you know, as far as science goes, it was really terrible. We, you know, we didn't really figure out how many, how many snapping turtles were in Chesapeake Bay because there's some serious ex uh, methodology problems. But um, I, I literally dreamt about Mark recapture research as a kid before I had any idea that people actually did that. We were just messing around, you know, catching turtles and putting numbers on them and letting them go. And, and then like a, 10 years later, uh, I find myself in graduate school doing Mark recapture research on sea turtles in Mexico. So, you know, it's, it's pretty nice when, when, you're, when your passion and your form of play uh, as a kid turns into your job. And, uh, and I think that's why you and I get along so well, partly is, is like when we met, it was like, you know, you just, you just wanted to help people connect with turtles because it's awesome. And, and you wanted to, you know, say, okay, let's go to, let's take, let's take families to the best places uh, to see turtles where it helps the turtles, it helps the community and it helps the family you know, feel better about their lives. And uh, turn, you, turn, you turn that passion into, you know, you're, you're the world's expert on, on doing that, literally, like by far and uh, award-winning. So I just love when people are able to find that thing that lights them up and that feels like play and turn it into, you know, a job, you know, without getting too heavy. Um, 
And uh, so that's kind of, you know, I think that's what we have in common. I, I love water. I love turtles and I'm 53 years old and I'm doing work with water and turtles. So, <laughs> so you're saying your, your Chesapeake Bay research never, you know, no peer reviewed public <laughs> published journals. I, you know, I don't even want to go back and try to redo it. It was, it was that, it was, uh, uh, I mean, the, it was fun. Let's just, let's leave it at that. It didn't get published though. No, not a, <laughs> you won't be able to read about it in any journal, scientific journals. Yeah. So uh, one of the main things that you've done in your career working with sea turtles is working with the, the black turtle, the subspecies of green turtle that uh, lives in the Eastern Pacific, um, you know, primarily in Mexico. Um, you know, the, that story I think is one of the best in all of sea turtle conservation with you know, the work of you and dozens of organizations and thousands of people across Mexico. Can you talk a little bit about how you got into that work and, and how that recovery effort has been going? Yeah, so when I started studying sea turtles in Mexico, the, the black sea turtle uh, was critically endangered. In fact, everybody said uh, it was too late. They were, you know, just not gonna, not gonna make it. It wasn't worth the time. But um, a bunch of us, small group of Mexican colleagues and American colleagues, we decided to dig in and uh, give it a shot, even if it was just futile, even if we were just riding, you know, the conveyor belt to extinction, we weren't gonna go, go out without a fight. And so, somewhat naively, I guess you could say. And, but I think um, looking back on it, that, that everybody had kind of given up and that the funders weren't funding it kind of gave us this opportunity to be a little more experimental. We were a little bit under the radar. And, and now the, you know, the experimental approach that we took back then is, is considered the right way to do things. It's very mainstream. And what we did was in addition to you know, really world-class science research on um, migration and growth rates and what the turtles eat uh, and their genetics and all those kinds of things. We um, built the whole program uh, as a community-based effort. So we never released a turtle with a satellite transmitter without the whole community out on the beach uh, cheering, <laughs> naming the turtle, tracking the turtles. Um, sometimes the people who were putting the transmitters on the turtles were turtle poachers themselves or turtle hunters is probably a better, better term than the word poacher. Um, but the, you know, the men and women who were eating the sea turtles to extinction were also the ones involved in uh, studying them and their kids would come and join us. And, and it was very, I would call it full immersion conservation science. And, uh, that was not a popular approach back then because you were supposed to be unbiased and kind of distant and an outsider and kind of stay, stay away from the personal side of things. Um, but that doesn't work. That was my, my impression uh, was, you know, really as a problem solver, how do we, how do we make sure these animals don't go extinct? Well, science alone won't do it laws alone there already were great laws on the books protecting turtles but they didn't work um there's never going to be enough money for enforcement ever like just never going to be in the budget to 
spend millions of dollars on enforcing the, the turtle laws. Mm -hmm. So the approach that the only approach that works is working with people, changing hearts and minds and understanding, getting a lot deeper into that aspect. And most scientists aren't prepared to do that. It's just to be honest and no fault to them. They, they went to graduate school and studied molecular genetics, not human behavior change. But then they find themselves in the behavior change business. Um, the molecular genetics is cool for a few, a few scientific publications. It might give us some, some you know, guidelines about what to prioritize, but conservation is all about behavior change. And so we took that part very seriously from the beginning. Um, we built this very robust network of community leaders, small nonprofits, um, churches, you know, pastors or, or priests, uh, uh, educators in the schools, business people, scientists, of course, politicians, anybody who wanted to help make sure the black turtle didn't go extinct was invited, uh, including the turtle hunters. And so um, that approach worked. <laughs> well, it worked. I mean, it, there was skepticism for decades, but now it's pretty clear the, the black turtle uh, is still around. And as you know, in visiting the beaches, the first time I went to the beaches in Michoacan to see them nest, you know, you could walk and walk and walk and try to find a turtle, you would find one. And nowadays you can take two steps and you trip over one. Mm -hmm. And it really, it really has gone from hundreds of nesting females to, you know, tens of thousands. And yeah. uh, in the past, you know, several decades, and, and it isn't just because of scientists, it's because of this very um, robust network that's very, uh, very inclusive. And it's kind of ridiculous to think that that was considered uh, a new idea ever <laughs> uh, <laughs> or unacceptable or unfundable, um, but it was, and now it's, uh, nobody rolls their eyes when you say we need to involve their communities in our work. They, they say, of course. Um, and that, so that's exciting. And I think it is a, I think it is a little bit of an unsung um, success story, or at least it's emerging as one. Um, yeah. So speaking of working with communities, uh, the idea of this organization of sea turtles, S-E-E -E turtles, was your idea as a way to help local communities get involved with and benefit from sea turtle conservation. You know, where did you come up with that idea? What made you think that that would be, a, a, that tourism could be a tool for conservation? Yeah, I think, you know, I th we'd seen over the years that um, when people visited a turtle beach, they, they really enjoyed it. And if they left a few dollars behind, it was really helpful uh, for the community, for the people working in turtle conservation, and also the turtles, you know, moved, moved us towards our goals. Uh, and that, that could be done, that could be done well, or it could be done very poorly. And, and, uh, and so the idea, you know, that when you and I founded uh, Sea Turtles was to take the best practices, really 
fine tune them and figure out, you know, there, there isn't one best practice for every beach, but to kind of look at that, to look at the places where there was some conservation urgency and then to kind of build a portal that if somebody just went online and said, I want to see turtles, <laughs> hence the name, yeah, that we would be the first place they would go. If they said, type, type, I want to see turtles, they would, or I want to see sea turtles, they would come to seeturtles.org mm -hmm. and we would help them. Um, you know, and just let, if leaving that just to its own devices, you, you could have really weird situations where people mobbed beaches that would, that would be poorly managed. They might leave a few bucks, but it might not really be good for the community, might not be a, a beautiful experience for the visitor and could be bad for the turtles. And so we kind of wanted to get ahead of that and really shape it. And, you know, there was a con the concept of ecotourism and the leave no trace approach. And I think our, our idea was leave a big trace, leave a really powerful, really useful trace. Not a messy one, not a destructive one, but a, an optimistic, positive trace. You know, leave your dollars in the hands of people who are gonna put them to good use, not, not the mega hotels. And um, so that really was, was, was the, the origin of the thinking and the idea that we could build a network of like-minded um, organizations and travel companies and then you know, help projects promote their own work um, to a broader audience. And that was the theory. It's evolved, obviously. And like I said earlier, um, Brad, you stepped up and literally, literally, you know, through scholarship and through travel and hands-on experience and, and just the, you know, the, the great attitude that you have to learn and, and help, you stepped into that space and, you know, became you know, the global guru for turtle travel. And I mean, and, and I think most people would have said, I didn't know we needed a global guru for turtle travel. Uh, well, it, you know, all, all the more powerful just kind of step in and say, yeah, you do. And it's me. Um, but literally you, you've written the book about it. Uh, you've spoken internationally and won awards for it. And, you know, whether it's a direct or indirect, it's, it's, um, the overall you know, result is people have learned a lot. Even if they don't run their work through sea turtles, they've been inspired by um, what we've tried to do and you know, learn from your, your keynotes, which are always nudging people forward and um, challenging people you know, to, to do what we do better, um, more efficiently. I, I just, you know, I know I'm not here to just like be a giant cheerleader for, for you and for sea turtles, but <laughs> I'm going to do that anyway. The, um, you know, the, there's a need for, for that work and there's a need for somebody to um, efficiently do it and fearlessly. And because of the model that we use to fund our work, you're not beholden to, you know, um, any big funders, you know, you're, you can say what you need to say when you need to say it in the way that it should be said. And that turns out that's pretty rare in the world. And uh, I value it a lot, you know, um, whether people agree or disagree, it's, it's really nice 
that there's a, that are, there are leaders who aren't, you know, don't, they don't put the poll out and then decide what to say, or they don't check in with their, their funding source. They can say what's in their heart. And uh, so that's, that's kind of, kind of part of it too, you know, is to be authentic and get stuff done without giant overhead. I like the, uh, the term uh, sea turtle travel agent. I think that's a, <laughs> that's a pretty um, accurate one. <laughs> well, it's, it, you know, it may not be what you thought you were doing, but um, I remember just reminds me of a funny story. Uh, we were attending uh, back in the day when everybody, all of our friends were getting married and stuff. We attended a bunch of weddings, went to one, met some new people. Uh, you know, they ask what you do. And it, it was a group of people who are mostly in technology and consulting. And then we went to another wedding and there were a bunch of the same people were there, but it was in Texas. And this guy came up and he said, I remember you, you're the turtle rancher. <laughs> and uh, it was the only way he could possibly understand why you would work with turtles would, would be that you must be a turtle rancher because nobody in their right mind would, you know, try to just save them. You know, that, that's not a job. Yeah. Uh, so then he was introducing me to his friends. He's like, this guy's a turtle rancher. Tell him about it. And he turned to me and I'm like, well, I'm <laughs> not really a turtle rancher. <laughs> not really turtle the rodeo, but... <laughs> yeah. yeah, I do turtle rodeo sometimes, but I don't do ranching. <laughs> Wrong terminology. Yeah. Um, so um, the work that you've been doing over the last few years is around a concept that you originated and named called uh, Blue Mind. Can you talk about what that is and you know, how, how it's powerful for people, for your brain, for your health, and how people can incorporate this, this concept into their lives? Yeah, so that's, that's Blue Mind. That's, a, that's my book. Um, if you're interested, you can find it for free if you Google hard enough. <laughs> um, or you can buy a cop signed copy from from sea turtles um, on the website but the um the, the basic idea is, is very intuitive it's a very a very familiar concept but i just put a name on it um you know that feeling everybody gets when they're on a turtle beach releasing a baby turtle that's blue mind that's the feeling of connectedness and calmness and you're not staring at your phone you're not staring at a screen you're not in traffic you're not overstimulated. You're just in that really sweet spot where you feel like the best version of yourself, where you're serving a species that needs it. You're helping a community. You're with a group of cool people. Um, you're outside under the stars or listening to the surf and all, all of it. It smells good. It tastes good and it feels right. Um, you're moving your body. You're, you're in the water. You're near the water. Um, and I just wanted to understand that feeling as a scientist. And I went, actually, I went looking for this book. I wanted to read it and I wanted to study it. Then I wanted to apply it to our turtle work. And then when it, so when I went looking for the book, I couldn't find it because <laughs> uh, nobody had written it yet. Yeah. And then I tried to get, try to convince people that they should write it and I failed. And then by default, I ended up writing it. Five years later, got it published, and since then, I've you know been trying to share the concept uh, with teachers and nurses and doctors and therapists and conservationists and anybody who will pay attention for five minutes. I'll gladly 
lab about it. Uh, but it basically is, is the idea that if you're, if you're, um, if you're in this thing we call red mind, which is the opposite of blue mind, where you're, if you're distracted and stressed and anxious, um, which everybody is right now, by the way, uh, get to the water and just chill, um, sit in the water, paddle in the water. And I mean, you're a kayaker. If you're having a bad day, you get in the kayak and the day is better. I'm not going to say it fixes all, solves all your problems, but the day, it puts things in perspective. Uh, if your brain is feeling fried and you feel like you're approaching burnout, if you go on a little turtle trip, you're going to avoid that burnout. I, I, I guarantee. Um, it's not, it doesn't fix everything. It doesn't solve everything. It doesn't solve our, our health, our serious health problems, of course. Um, but we've worked with veterans and first responders and at-risk youth and people with a lot of anxiety. And it's just a tool for their toolbox. And, and the reality is if we, if we describe animals like sea turtles and our lakes and our oceans and our rivers and our forests, as part of our, uh, our health and wellness therapy, then we value turtles and oceans and lakes and rivers more. Um, and it changes, our, it changes the, the economic equation when, uh, when a river is part of your, um, your health and wellness toolkit. And I, we've left that part out for decades and decades. And I think, um, we've miscommunicated the value of a healthy ocean as a result, but so we're fixing that. We're up, updating our talking points. We're updating the science so that we have a better story. Um, so you can like say, okay, how does that connect back to sea turtles? Well, you know, we used to say, if, if you, you know, we've all given these talks. We, why are we saving sea turtles? Because of their ecological value and because of their economic value and because of their educational value. So we know turtles are important to their ecosystem. They're a species like every other species. Uh, we know that their products were once prized and sold. We know that they bring tourist dollars in. And we know that they're a great educational um, example for kids. But there's a massive emotional value that we leave out. And I don't know why we leave it out other than we just do. <laughs> That's the way we were taught. Um, but it's, it's at least 25% of the value of doing this work. And so when we leave it out, uh, we are less successful. When we include it, it boosts our ability uh, to connect more people to uh, this idea that we should save sea turtles and their habitat and the ocean and the lakes and the rivers. So that's what Blue Mind is all about. It's about telling a better, uh, a better story and you know for you know as an as an environmental advocate yourself we've tried fear and guilt uh for a long time yeah. and scaring people and shaming them into action uh, is not sustainable and it, it never was it was never going to work you can scare people they'll run 50 yards but then they get tired and then you go back over and scare them again, they might run 25 yards. If you scare them a third time, they'll run 10 yards. And then they'll say, I am tired of running. You keep scaring me and I can't run. 
um, or if you shame them, you can shame them into action a little bit, but eventually you're going to shame them and they're going to leave. They're not going to talk to you anymore. And that's what we've done for decades. And no wonder we don't make more progress. So what if we use other, other tools like gratitude, <laughs> you know, it works and love and explaining that, you know, taking care of the environment takes care of you. Taking care of the environment takes care of the people who serve us, our first responders, our healthcare uh, professionals, our veterans. Uh, taking care of the environment helps teachers stay resilient. That's a, that's a cool message and it's, it shifts the politics. Uh, who, who doesn't want our teachers and first responders and nurses to be healthy and resilient? Um, you know, if they can go out and paddle a little bit on the weekends on a healthy lake or river or go for a swim, go for a walk in the forest and come back and be better at healing sick people. That's a really cool story. You know, I'm going to take all those, those frontline uh, nurses and doctors on a turtle trip and have them come back and save a whole bunch more lives because they didn't burn out. Uh, so that's kind of where Blue Mine meets Turtles meets our current uh, pandemic, really. And um, you know, we were talking before we started recording, before we start, started, uh, we were talking about this yesterday, I think, and uh, that after this pandemic wraps up, there's going to be years and years of recovery of our emotional health. You know, for our kids, um, even for their kids, you know, uh, for for everybody that's just been squeezed hard through this, and you know, so that's what Blue Mind's all about, really. I think, yeah, in a nutshell. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, I think you uh, may have just come up with an idea for a, uh, a special trip. <laughs> Maybe maybe we'll offer one for frontline folks at, at cost. See if we can help repay some of those amazing people that have helped us survive through this really challenging year. Yeah, and I, I know I think a trip like that, just imagining it as a hypothetical, uh, imagine a great trip to go and help put baby turtles into the ocean. And what if somebody on the trip was a therapist who actually knew how to speak to some of these, you know, anxiety and stress and burnout. What a great combination, you know, going, going and doing, doing therapy on a turtle beach. Um, And, you know, in, in a, a a smaller version of that is we've got nature centers, you you know, uh, science museums, um, zoos, aquariums, wildlife parks, rehab, wildlife rehab places all over the world. What if we recognize the therapeutic benefit of all of those facilities? What if they all added a therapist to their staff so that, so that their own staff was healthier, emotionally stronger, more resilient, but also all the people who come, I mean, I know people who go, they're lifelong members to aquariums and they go there for their mental health. What if you could go, go to the aquarium and walk around with a therapist that was part of the, part of the, the membership where you could just go and 
look at look at uh, jellyfish and talk to somebody about stuff. Um, I think I think that would that might save some of our aquariums from closing or some of our, our nature and science centers uh, from literally closing their doors because of what we've been through. Um, and the other, other, I guess, you know, practical thing is we were just talking about it a little earlier is we are in the behavior change business. Um, but most of our nonprofits don't know how to do behavior change. Now, we know turtle ecology, we may know tourism, but if you ask, do you have somebody on your staff who actually understands behavioral science? The answer 99% of the time is no. But you just told me you're in the behavior change business. Well, yeah, but you don't have anybody who understands behavior change. Well, no. So you're not in the behavior change business. So that, that's a place for improvement. And you know, I would suggest to anybody who's going into this field or is in this field, um, educate yourself, you know, read Blue Mind, understand the science and apply it. Uh, add somebody to your staff who is a behavioral science expert or maybe your board, uh, your board of directors. And if you're educating yourself right now, consider that, that smashing together of conservation science and the environment with behavioral science and behavior change uh, as a double major or as a, a subject of your thesis, because that's the future, as far as I can I can tell, is putting those two things together and um, building a bigger movement. You know, we can't we can't just leave our movement the way it is. It needs to include doctors and nurses and and what if, what if all of our first responders were also interested in protecting lakes, rivers, and oceans because they recognized the health benefits, that'd be cool. We'd more than welcome them onto the blue team. So yeah, uh, I think that's where we're headed. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, great. This has been, you know, really fun conversation. Thank you so much for your time. And, uh, you know, we look forward to seeing what's next uh, with Blue Mind. Yeah, let us know when that, uh, that turtle therapy trip is, is on the books and we'll, we'll make sure we get it packed with lots of people who need need little turtle medicine yeah absolutely all right well thank you jake thanks brad